We're the Ragamuffins, and we went to Slam Dunk Festival 2022. We went to Slam Dunk Festival in 2021. It was our first festival back after a very long break. Our first festival as an official collective as well, as the Ragamuffins. Yes. So it just felt right to go back again this year, didn't it? It was so nice we had to do it twice. Let's start at the beginning of the day. We were late in. Well, they were late well, letting not, us in. It wasn't our fault. Mm. We were on time. Yep. Doors were meant to open at 11, I think. And then they didn't. And they didn't. No which band was, was on at half eleven, which we didn't get to see. Yeah, probably played to about four people. But, you know, shit happens. I mean, we're, we're starting very much with a negative here because, again, the doors opened late and then we got in, we thought, well, we've missed the bands that we were going to see straight away. So let's let's go to the bar, let's grab ourselves a drink while we're waiting for the next band we want to see. But what happened? Oh, all the bars went down. Well, of course it did. Network, network, network issues meant they couldn't take any card payment, and they had planned for it to be a cashless event, so no drinks were had. It was they a, were just a massive faff. They basically. were willing punters, willing to exchange cash for drinks, but they wouldn't allow it. So we just had to sort of mill about, sort of familiarise so ourselves with the site. That was another thing that was weird. Is like. When you go back to the same site, but things are in a different place, it's like yeah. so disorienting. You're just like, well, this stage should be here, and it's just not. But we've quickly got used to it, and then we went to see Counterparts as our first band. Very much enjoyed them, to be fair. Um, kind of like that was one of my first introductions to them. Uh, I thought they put on a great show. It was weird them being that early on. I thought they would have been a little bit later on in the day. And yeah, they, they put on a very, very good performance, and it was, it was a nice way to kickstart the day. Yeah, but I thought they were brilliant. Played a couple of new songs. Played a few of the old favourites. Um, the disconnect was really loud at the end. The crowd was incredible for that. Yeah, I blew my um, voice out. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think we had a, as good a time as you did, Alex. Yeah, I was down in the pit. I think as soon as the first song started, I just waved everyone goodbye and off I went. But um, yeah, I love that band so much. And they it was just great to see them. Got yourself a pick as well, didn't you? I did, yep. Yeah. Uh, Alex Reed's guitar pick. Right in my hand. Yes. What a win. <laughs> Result. And where did we go after that? Uh, after that, I think, uh, uh, we went over to... I wanted to say the Avalanche stage there. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong same, festival. Same vibe though, isn't it? Yeah. Um, um, the yeah. Amazon one. Yeah, basically the home of pop punk for the day. The Amazon stage. In a bit blue tent. And we saw a little bit of hot milk, I think. There. But after that, we saw probably one of the best sets of the whole day. Yeah. And that was Kenny Hoopla. Agreed. Um, I knew he was good. I enjoyed the EP he put out. I liked his his stuff before that as well. Um, but the energy in that set was just unmatched. It was amazing to see how well his songs translated live uh, and how much of a buzz there was. I'm, I wasn't aware. It must be one of his first UK performances. One of them, I think, maybe. Yeah. Or at least, obviously, he played Leeds the day before. I think he played a couple of small shows, small headliners as well yeah. around it. But but to kind of get the crowd he'd got in as well, um, there were people singing very loudly along to it. I thought he had a great stage presence, um, and yeah, put on an incredible performance. And now, very much looking forward to seeing him at Two Thousand Trees as well. Yeah, I got not much more to add. I think he's just going to be an artist to watch 
for the future as the scene as he sort of takes over the scene. Yeah, he seems to be well respected in the scene as well. There was a lot of other band members that side of stage with that yeah. set, which is testament to how well respected I guess he is. Yeah, and, I think, and not just that, but the quality of his live mm. show. And we stayed there for Knucklepuck. Happy old time again. Oh yeah, they played a, a few older ones, which made me very happy. Pretense went off, as always. I think that was sort of the weird vibe across um, a lot of the bands that played that stage was revisiting older work. Um, we saw it with obviously the One Dears doing their two albums, which we'll talk about a bit more in a yeah, bit. That's but true, yeah. Neck Deep played a lot of older songs. It felt like the story so far played quite a lot more older songs than I thought they would. Yeah. So it was nice to sort of have a, a bit of a nostalgia trip in that tent. Knucklepuck even played No Good, which I know is one of their most popular songs, but still. I don't think it's it's a guarantee for a, a short set that they get at a festival. So it was really yeah. nice to, that they threw that cool, in there yeah. as well. Yeah. And then I think after Knuckle Puck, we all went our separate ways for a little while. James, where did you go? I believe I then went off to Jaeger stage and watched uh, some Amity Affliction. Seen them a couple of times before. And again, the crowd they, they brought together was really, really good. Stayed there for then Eskimo Cowboy. Just incredible fun. Now known as Electric Cool Electric Boy. Electric Cool Boy, that's correct. Thank you. Um, Matt, the energy was incredible. You could see so many people dressed up, almost like the Pump It music video. And just everyone had the best time during their set. It was just so much fun. They teased like a tour later this year, which could be interesting to go and see, depending on who else is on the bill as well. It was just fun, energetic, and an enjoyable experience seeing them. And um, probably one of the standout sets that I saw over the day as well, to be honest. Well, sh- shame I missed that, but I went to see Hot Mulligan and Mum Jeans at the Key Club stage, which was just basically a massive party for the, both of those sets. It was just high energy, a lot of self-deprecation, a lot of angry finger-pointing, but... First time those bands have played the UK, like that part of Slam Dunk, I think you said before? I'm sure that Mum Jeans said this was th- that was their first ever UK show. Hot Mulligan might have said something similar, or at least maybe it was their first UK festival appearance. But either way, it was definitely, you could tell that there were a lot of people that had been waiting a very long time to experience those songs live. And I think, um, for me, Mum Jeans especially, a lot of the new album was just amazing to actually hear that live, because I really, really liked the album. Yeah, it was just really fun. I also really liked the dual setup, like the dual stage setup, um, because literally it was about maybe two minutes time in between those bands it was literally enough time for everyone to just like sidestep across from the left stage where Hot Mulligan had just finished yeah. to the right stage where Mum Jeans started that's good because it's, it's essentially one tenth so it's like one stage but yeah. I guess you can just squeeze in so many more bands by having that shorter turnover time yeah it, it was just really cool really fun experience and where were you Dan? Um, I was still in the not not the Avalanche stage <laughs> um, I was still at the, the Amazon Music stage I basically stayed there most of the day had a little residency there my name's on the wall there somewhere, probably. Um, I was watching the Wonder Years playing a two-hour-long anniversary set for their albums The Upsides and Suburbia, and it was just such a great time. They're hearing loads of songs that I haven't heard them play live before myself and probably won't hear them play live again. Um, it was just such a lovely experience. Um, there was loads of love in the crowd. When they played, they finished the set with bar bands. They just had, it felt like every band member 
on the lineup just came out to to sing it with them, and it was just such a lovely time. That's things, sweet. Yeah, things seemed a bit difficult for the Wonder Years. Never seemed to have it easy when they play in the UK. Like um, Nick had COVID after playing with Aaron West in the Roaring Twenties, so that tour was already a little bit kind of affected by it. They had to cancel a, a show they were going to play in Bournemouth, and then something seemed to go wrong in the setup for their their set at the Slam Dunks. So they they had to start a bit late. There's a medical emergency halfway through that to stop for, but all that's forgotten. It all all worked out in the end. Especially like Christmas for you. Being Pretty much up, was yeah. yeah. Lovely, and then James, who did you see after that? I was still at the Jaeger stage, and I saw Beartooth. Uh, first time seeing them since that would be March 2020, the last band that we saw before everything kind of shut down. Um, they'd released Below since then and played quite a few tracks off of that that were amazing live. I know like we, we'd we thought when we'd seen, when we'd heard Below, a lot of like the breakdowns and how certain things were written on the record wouldn't translate as well live, but it absolutely wasn't the case. Um me being especially critical of like some of the closed hat breakdowns, closed high hat breakdowns, um, especially like in the past is dead. It just goes unsuspectingly hard. Um, they put on a great performance and it was like a nice little teaser ready for then seeing them heavy music awards the next day. Obviously link, link to vlog will be up in the corner for that as well. Um, yeah, they put on an incredible show. Feel like they could have headlined that stage or will eventually headline that stage at some point in the future of slam dunk. They've played there quite a few times before now already. Uh, but no, they put on a, a very, very good show. I made a brief exit from the Amazon tent um, to get some kind of sustenance for the rest of the evening. Like um, a hibernated animal. I was literally like a nocturnal out, uh, animal just emerging from a cave, like seeing sunlight for the first time, just squinting. Then um, yeah, I ate some food while watching Beartooth from the back. The production was really cool. They had loads of pyro, flames spitting everywhere. But then I quickly scurried back into the Amazon tent to see the story so far. Amazing. I mean, they're just one of the best pop-punk bands ever. And it was just nice to, like I said earlier, just hear some of the older songs that I think... Um, it, it really felt like a throwback song. Yeah. Uh, there was maybe only, I think, three songs. Yeah, from Proper from, Dose. From Proper Dose. And a lot, yeah, it was just, it was mad to just experience that. I think the whole crowd just loved it. I think the there's an ins even at a festival there's an intimacy about being in a tent that sometimes like sometimes you can wish a band is on an open air stage but sometimes it's right for them to be on a tent and with the story so far it was yeah. like a club show but at a a massive scale so it was just pretty surreal to hear some of those songs I love that band and then I think James came and came and joined us after that in the tent we all reconvened for a big close-off on that stage for Neck Deep. Kicking it straight off with their new song was incredible. It was amazing live. And like you said earlier on, some of the throwbacks of like hearing over and over and what did you expect? Just that nostalgia hit. And I think, as me for all three of us, I want to say like the new album hadn't really resonated with us that much. But then just seeing them live and seeing the kind of set they put on and the show it was um, with like the production they've got, I think kind of pulled all of us back in as fans and made it a, a really, really enjoyable experience. And again, possibly one of the highlights of the day. 
because there was a lot of energy. You could hear the emotion with like Ben talking about how like nine years ago they were voted onto it and now they're headlining a stage at Slam Dunk. Um, kind of quite a surreal experience for them. But yeah, I think they put on a fantastic show and I'm now very much intrigued to now see them on a tour again, which they were they're heavily hinting on doing like a 10 year kind of special tour uh, to commemorate kind of some of the older work they've put out, which again fits in with a lot of what we enjoy most out of them as a band. I think also we'd all felt a bit um, disconnected from Neck Deep because of the latest album not quite connecting with us ro- yeah. correctly. I and I think say. that um, that set was like a reminder that actually they are amazing. Yeah, it was like they can still do this. And like when a band is like still accepting and recognises their, their older material, it's almost like it's it's accepting for us. It's like, it, oh, it's okay to like that album still. Because a lot of bands tend to write off some, like, I think, I don't even know, if, I can't remember if we said it on a podcast or if we were just chatting about it, but like Boston Manor have like done away with a lot of their like proper pop punk stuff and yeah. said they'll never play a, that again. It's almost like they find it offensive now to be yeah. called a pop punk band. And it, it felt nice for, I guess, all Knuckle Puck, Story So Far and Neck Deep to all be like, you know, those old songs are still amazing and we're still proud to play them live still. And then what happened? I can't even remember. Oh, it must have been time for some 41. Yeah, we went for a little wander around. We were going to look around some of the stalls and stuff because this was, because it sounded like such a busy day that there's so many bands you want to see that, like, for example, I only had, like, a 10-minute gap t- to get some food in. Um, and I would have, like, gone to the bar a bit more if there weren't so many bands on, if the queues weren't so long, if the card machines worked. But yeah, we went for a little wander, I think, to look at some stalls, but they'd already shut. So, I think you bought an ice cream, Alex? And I did, yes. Lovely. We went and saw a bit of Sun 41. It was interesting, because seeing them play at Brixton before, I kind of had an experience of them like in an enclosed setting, and I think they're a better band in that enclosed setting. Uh, they, they obviously hit all of the nostalgia points perfectly with old tunes that everyone just loves and recognises. But I don't know, there's something about their live experience that I preferred seeing them at O2 Brixton compared to Slam Dunk. Maybe if we got further to the front for this as well, it would have been more enjoyable because by the point we'd left Neck Deep and gone to some 41, we were quite a fair bit back. Um, but it was still an enjoyable set. A lot of production on there as well. Um, and a nice way to kind of stand back and chill and close off the day a little bit for me. I think the big songs were great. The less known ones were a little bit dull, I thought, this time. Um, same with James. I've seen some some forty one a few times before and really enjoyed the whole set normally. But they just seem to just drag stuff out for so long. And they played a bunch of covers as well. Like if you're the headline band, you're a band as big as some forty one with so many bangers. Just play your own bangers. Hopefully you had a better time at Nova Twins and Death of Anna, Alex. Yeah, I want to go see a bit of each of those sets just for some variety. Mostly because I just could not be fucked to stand in. I don't know. I, she couldn't be asked to stand in the Sun 41 crowd, to be honest. So I just thought I'd go and have a wonder. But um, Death of Anna seemed fun. They seemed very grateful for anyone that was there instead of being at Sun 41. I think they yeah. were just happy to have a crowd, to be honest. Which I think um, they'll, they're just happy to be about, I think. Like, reduced down to a two-piece now with a mm-hmm. few session musicians filling out the rest of the band. I think it looked rocky as to whether they were going to carry on. Yeah. So I think they're probably grateful to yeah. Just be around and still have people wanting to see them. I yeah, guess. it definitely came across. They were just ha- yeah, just happy to be there and happy for 
people to be there enjoying it. And then I think it's just a shame that they put Nova Twins on at the same time as Sum 41 because they're a massively... They're, they're on the rise. They're a very big up-and-coming band to, for, that people have got their eye on. And then they played to just a pretty small crowd. I mean, it was a, an energetic crowd nonetheless. People yeah. were there losing their minds, but we all would have liked to have seen them probably at an earlier slot in the day when they didn't clash with anyone. I just think it's... Yeah, I, I think know. a band like that is... It's great that they get the opportunity to headline a stage, but it's probably best to have them on one of the bigger stages earlier in the day. Yeah. It get, gets a few more eyes on them, perhaps. Or at least alter how you set up that stage so that their set maybe finishes yeah, before, before some fo- or as some 41 starts, yeah. just so people can actually see it. But they were really good nonetheless. I'm excited to listen to their new album. We've been a bit busy lately. I haven't had the time with all our festivals and yeah. shit, but... Hopefully once everything... We'll catch up. Yeah, we'll catch up. But um, yeah, it was good. It was good to actually finally see them live. And that was about it. Then we went home. Yeah, we went home. Went to McDonald's on the way home. Any, any like, not complaints, but general comments on the day? I think there's a... Yeah, not complaints as such, but stuff they could improve on, perhaps, is obviously the main one's the bar thing. If you're going to set up and insist on being a completely cashless festival... You can't have your internet or network failing. It it has to it has to be right. So that felt a bit amateur, really, that it went down, especially so early yeah. in the day as well. It's it's not really something to complain about, but it was just such a packed day that you just didn't get a chance to do anything yeah, but that watch was, bands. That which was the I know that's the point. That I was yeah. Say. Um, it's almost like it's nice to have some of the bands that you don't mind not seeing, just so you can go and experience it as a festival. Yeah, so just, it's a weird just chill out, thing yeah. to have yeah. to be yeah. like there were so many bands I wanted to see and had to jump stage to stage or whatever or camped out in one stage to watch the whole lot of it because it was so good and I love the lineup, which is yeah if something you said before Dan it, it feels like they're trying to like push themselves to maybe expanding to more than one day yeah I mean like the day's so packed that you kind of feel like well I'll just get a ticket for both days I'll get a ticket for Leeds and I mean, it's Reading. get a ticket for Leeds and for Hatfield because yeah. there's so many bands I want to see. I'm not going to get the chance to see all of them. Or maybe, like, I felt like I needed a break like, during the day. I was exhausted. I, never, I didn't have the time to, to go to the bar. I didn't have the time to really go and get food. Which, again, is, it's such an odd c- thing to complain about. Like, to be like, the lineup was so good that there was too many bands I wanted to see. But it, it did become a, a problem, really. Yeah, it's just exhausting, isn't it? Yeah. And sometimes like those in-between moments where like when you've got groups together and you kind of all kind of meet up at a point and you're like, oh, who did you go and see? Did you enjoy that? Like, it's just nice to have that camaraderie with it. And then you don't get that because everyone's so separated off just running towards yeah, that- different bands and different stages. You don't get that interaction. Like a lot of people didn't see each other. They separated off and then met up right at the end at 741 again because... Yeah, that was the other thing. Different I choices. Didn't, I didn't see a lot of the people we went with for most of the day. Because they were at another stage. I was basically just at the Amazon stage all day. So it was like, oh, hi, you made it. How was the drive kind of thing? And then... See you later. See you later. And then end of the day, it was like, oh. How was your day? How was your day? I mean, they've announced that next year will happen again in May. They're staying back in the May thing after switching to September back in 2021. For very obvious reasons, because they couldn't do it in the May. Um, Highly likely we'll probably end up going again. The May. The May. That could be a band. 
Highly likely we end up going again. Any any predictions for next year? Who can we see atop the lineup? I think a day to remember are quite a strong contender. They were due to do like Yumi at Six did this year with the extra day kind of thing, just the one off gig at each location. A day to remember would be able to do that in I think twenty twenty, before things went to shit. Um played download this year, so yeah, who knows? Perhaps a headline of a slam dunk next year. I think it'd quite nice to be quite nice to see maybe a band like and Shikari headline the Jägermeister stage. I think that would be um, a fun one to see. I'm just if they back. went for like they did this year by kind of billing it as four headliners, or three or four, I can't remember. Then that could work. Because obviously, and Shikari have headlined it outright before, so I think the only way they do it again is if they if they were billed as a headliner. Well, that was the other thing that felt a bit confusing about this year is it was like, at one point during the announcements, it was like Neck Deeper build as a headliner. And then by the time the event actually came around, it was like, oh no, they're just the headliner of this stage. Yeah. It felt like a, almost a last minute cop-out, really. But then would, as the festival organisers, and as, I guess, you come from a different perspective because you're more heavily Neck Deep with it, you'd have such a split between seeing the two bands. So there'd have to be one that would have to start or at least have a majority of their set after the other. Yeah, no, it's not It's not that... Yeah, I don't dispute that. And some 41 are definitely worthy of headlining it. It was just like... Clarity and Yeah, it's not that it was like... They missold what the event was going to be, but it just no, it felt a bit disingenuous to be like... Net Deeper a headliner. They, they started off by applying to be on the bill nine years ago, and now they're a yeah. headliner. And then you get to there, it's like... And the outdoor stage that some 41 was on was much bigger and much yeah. more of a main stage vibe than that tent. You could almost sense themselves, sense in Nectic themselves that they were a bit like, sort of a headliner. I think I think Ben even corrected himself when put on stage. He was like, you know, I think he said the same thing. We applied nine years ago to play here, won a competition, and now we're the headliner of this, of this stage. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, should bring them back to headline an they open could, air stage next year. That'd be they massive. could do it. Yeah, I think they could do it. They proved with that set that they could do it. Yes, we're all nodding at each other on a podcast, but we're done. So we're done. (laughs) Bye.